1: It's time for the Horror
0: Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout Podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and talk about them. This is the 59th episode of the 50 best horror movies ever. My name is <laughs> Luke Condor, and <laughs> we Kate, and i joined by my regular co-host, Mr...
3: It, it's Mr Ben Errington.
0: Yeah, someone pointed out, like... Hang how, how come you're doing the fifty best horror movies and this is episode fifty eight, talking about the last episode. And then we had to just point out, yeah, we we do get a bit bored sometimes, so we have to mix it up.
3: Yeah, we don't go straight, we're not on we're not on straight and the, na- the straight and narrow. No. We're just taking bendy. a lot of detours, yeah. bendy, you know, sometimes we'll go off and explore a little suburb and go yeah. and explore a little ghost town.
0: And here we yeah. are on another little coolie sack. Looking around, look at that. It's uh, a film called Hereditary. Oh, but um, before that, have you done any? (laughs) Have you spotted a guff or two? Have you (laughs) found one? Have you come across a guff? (laughs) I've always got my eyes open for a guff. (laughs) Happened upon Uh, a guff the other day. (laughs) Did you? How
3: did it make you feel?
0: Mm, Queasy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Queasy. Um, I haven't really done much horror. The only horror stuff that I've Taken into my person, into my physical body through my eyes, is uh, a <laughs> weird description. Is a uh, is Resident Evil Two remake uh, um, yeah. news, playthroughs, walkthroughs, videos. Obviously, it was announced um, with a gameplay trailer and like an and like a sort of reveal trailer at E3. So I've been watching lots of that. Lots of people
0: have been playing it.
3: We uh, watched subs- all the all the
0: playthroughs and, and stuff. yeah, pretty yeah.
3: much. So quite a substantial chunk of like what seems to be quite early on in the game, um, in in Resident Evil 2, uh, Raccoon City Police Department. Yeah. And I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. It's looking like a good combination of the Resident Evil 7 engine, so it kind of looks like that, <coughs> over the shoulder Resident Evil 4 style. Um, and pretty damn gory. Yeah,
0: there's, there's that um, <laughs> this Resi engine, whatever they call it, I think it's the RE engine. RE engine. Um, Resi engine, let's go with. <laughs> and uh, it's like they've I don't know how they sort of render the graphics of that guy's face. There's like a still or like an image of some guy's face. And you can probably see like the tendons under there and like under his cheek and stuff. It's really gross. Yeah, You kind of like in in the playthrough, you kind of lift that guy's head up
3: and his his head sort of like almost split in half.
0: Yeah. It's just real. It's just real. It looks like the first time I've been actually kind of excited uh, because I I kind of didn't want Reggie to do zombies because I kind of liked all the different ways they were taking it. But this looks really like has me salivating yeah. for zombies. I think again. I
3: think they've gone they've gone off kil- they've gone like off on experienced other things like the last Plagas and the and sort of the, this all the stuff in Resident Evil Seven. So it's nice to come back to zombies. Yeah. And do them in a slightly different way, or maybe do them in like a really traditional way, because we haven't necessarily experienced that. There was a little bit of that in Resident Evil Six. Yeah. But that was kinda like really action heavy anyway. So it's nice to it's nice for it to go back. And it looks like obviously they haven't they haven't complete, obviously yes, they built the game from the ground up, but it still looks the same. Doors are still in the same places and things obviously they've moved a lot around. Yeah. But it kinda still looks like the same place.
0: Yeah, I'm excited because I've never played Resident Evil two. Resident Evil seven and four are the only ones I've played. Oh no so, way.
3: Yeah. You should you should go and play Resident Evil two before this one comes out. Well because... I'm planning on
0: doing one because there's that hasty remake. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be fun. Um and, yeah, let's and, give two a go. And zero as a zero, give that a shot. Zero, good. Zero's good, yeah.
3: Um, same sort of vibes as the uh, original remake, sort of HD remake of the first one. So
0: yeah, yeah, give it, give a,
3: go. it a go. Other than that, I've just been watching a, a, a Jurassic World. I don't know if we discussed that last week. Did we? Discuss no, that? no, I think so. Okay, saw Jurassic World. Thought it was it was alright, you know. It went brilliant. It's been getting slated quite a lot. I kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't. Perfect. It felt very similar to the Lost World so the second film.
0: Yeah, it looked like it followed exactly the same like trajectory.
3: There are things happening that I was like that. That exact shot <laughs> happened in the Lost World. What was
0: that I like I a, a T Rex in a swimming pool? It's
3: no, no, there. no. Unfortunately not. But I mean, it was all it was all very simple. It got a bit silly. You kind of had to suspend your disbelief. I know it's dinosaurs anyway, mm. so you kind of have to. But it was it was it was entertaining for what it was. It just didn't have. What, I, what I've always loved about Jurassic Park, I think you've got it, obviously, it's constant throughout the first film. And you do get quite a lot of in the second film as well. But it's just like the horror, those horror elements. The yeah. I know it's like an adventure film, action adventure, but you do get those quiet moments of horror. And I think it just, well, Ian Malcolm explains it first, it explains it the best. He says, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. Later, there's running and and screaming, <laughs> and it, that's how it does. But for some reason, this film just goes, "Here we go, then it's going off!" Yeah, it's just a, it's just a little bit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And and velociraptors have now been reduced to nothing more than like friendly, Pokemon. sidekicks, Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, and the velociraptors Chocobos. were like the, yeah. the velociraptors are the most gruesome, the most brutal of everything out of the Jurassic Park series. And yeah. I think they always they always kept that. Even in Jurassic World, there was plenty of that where you're like, these are bloody horrible beasts. Careful not to make friends of them because they'll bite your arm off. Yeah. But with this one, you are be like... Ugh. There's a whole third act, which is kind of good. And even though it's got a lot of issues, this whole third act is, it could have easily been a film on its own. They could have really sort of dialled up the sort of haunted house, monster in a house type thing. And they could That's have, thing, they, could yeah. have lot, they could have gone a lot... There are a lot of good sequences. Were there
0: like mutant ones? Like mutant dinosaurs? Because that... That's where I sort of like. Go, I'm not that interested in like genetically yeah. modified ones. I just oh, want yeah. The well, th- this is like so Obviously, you get, flavors.
3: You get Indominus Rex from from Jurassic World.
0: Yeah, this is a, a
3: Indo-Raptor. So right. it's like supposed to be like the perfect raptor, and yeah, I know. It was, it was, well, there was talk of them doing like dinosaur human hybrids when when this oh, God, whole
0: series do do that. This
3: whole when this whole series got rebooted. So mm. I'm glad they didn't do that. But, uh, yeah, it just made me think I would love to see a dinosaur horror movie. And I know we're going back to Dino Crisis because I love it. But a Dino Crisis movie done right, like a horror movie with dinosaurs, would be great.
0: But, I mean, it's just so... Maybe maybe they'd be more tempted to do it now, seeing as horror movies are now like making bank. Yeah. Uh, they're so expensive it's to make, aren't they, these dinosaur films? So
3: expensive to make and I guess kids love dinosaurs. Yeah, so I'd be
0: more interested in like a, a, a like a, a Resi Seven version of Dino Crisis. You know what I yeah. mean? That sort of um that level of horror. Yeah. Immersion in a dinosaur. There's just work, like you know? one
3: there's just like one dinosaur somewhere. There's one like horrible raptor thing lurking. Yeah. You gotta try and like outsmart it and get away from it. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. Mix mix uh the grey. Have you seen the grey? Yeah. Mix the grey, but instead of wolves, they're dinosaurs. Yeah. And you've got like a little pack of people, you're trying to get through the woods. And you're yeah. trying to, like a survival horror in the, wood, in the middle of the woods. Mate, I'd love it. Good. Yeah.
3: It sounds great. I like it.
0: Speaking of horror in the woods, I've uh, been reading the book version of uh, The Ritual. Did we do an oh, episode yeah. on The Ritual? No, we didn't. No, we probably should have done. I've been reading the book version, um, and the first half of the book is pretty much... The same, but as as good, if not better, really, like um it's the same as the four guys in the woods and in the Scandinavian woods and they get lost and start to get picked off by this unseen creature, but it's so especially the bit in the house it was, it was scary in the film, it really got to me in the yeah. film, but it, it's the same in the book, but this second half of the book has so far has been quite different. <laughs> I don't right. want to spoil it, but um because I'm, I'm not even finished it myself, but it's um it's got more about. Without spoiling it, it's got more about black metal and like death metal and like Scandinavian death metal people in it. I don't want to spoil, it, but yeah, so it's, well, it's got a completely different sort of angle at the end. But um, that, that, yeah. What else? So other guff's. I accidentally watched South Park, bigger, London <laughs> and Uncut.
3: Accidentally Where
0: fell I, into it. We were it's like Sunday, and I was like, I want to listen to that uh, song, "Quite a Little Mountain Town," and I worked, put on South Park and Amazon Prime, yeah. and then that played, and then it was you know, the Terrence Phillips song. And I was like, I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, stop now. And then it was the next song and the next song and I just ended up watching the entire thing. And it's so good. That film, I think it's my favourite musical. Yeah. (laughs) It's got so many good... It's because in my my head, I don't think of it as a musical, but yeah. Oh my God, there's so many good songs. What will Brian Boitano do? (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. La Resistance Lives On. That's That bit that sort of... um, It's the same in any musical where they have all these different songs throughout and then you have like a bit of a medley... Some yeah. at the end it is, the, the the resistance lives on is that in, in South Park movie and it's so good and there's a bit where the devil's singing about uh, it's like singing like a power rock ballad about living yeah, up yeah. there and he goes to really high oh, yeah! like a really sort of... mate it's such a good film I don't know why uh, more people what year, don't to... what year that come out 90s? late 90s I think late 90s got to be or something but... I haven't
3: seen it, I haven't seen it in a long time I was, I was obsessed with South Park when I was a kid so. if, you,
0: if you ever get a chance I would definitely recommend going to watch the Book of Mormon uh, the musical. Oh yeah,
3: see, I've heard a lot about that, show. and and I saw a lot. Of, I saw a lot of it when when I was in New York. I saw a lot of yeah. signage, advertisement, but I never really knew what was going on. But that's written by Trey Parker. And it's Matt written Stone, by yeah?
0: Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and the guy who did the music for Frozen, and Avenue Q. If you have ever yeah, Avenue
3: Q. That's the Muppet thing. Isn't it? Yeah, but
0: that was that's really good as well. But um, the Book of Mormon is a similar sort of humor and and song style to South Park. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. And lastly, I watched Deep Red on Shutter. On um, it's a Dario Argento film. It's mm. as insane as most of them. It's not quite as like stylized as Suspiria or Phenomena. Uh, yeah. It's about uh, a, a piano player who witnesses a psychic medium woman being murdered, uh, and he gets sort of he wants to find out who the killer is, and it's just this killer. It's got really crazy prog funk music that plays almost like oh. that is, there's point, points where you think that's the wrong, <laughs> that's the wrong music. <laughs> is this right? Is this like an error or something?
3: <laughs> the music in Suspiria is quite prog, though, isn't it? Like they're,
0: they're well, this stuff. is more like funky prog. Like Suspiria oh. has that kind of like twinkly, you know, that sort of creepy yeah. sort of twinkliness to it. This is that like, so like slap <laughs> bass and stuff going on. Um, nice. And there's, there's a really great murder scene where uh, the killer, it's like a whodunit sort of thing, you, you sort of find out who it is at the end. Um, there's a really great murder scene at the end, well, near the middle, sorry, where a woman, is, <laughs> the killer like runs a hot bath and then boils her face in the hot bath. Oh, <laughs> it's like pushing is her hot face. bath? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like when Kat has a bath, she, she does it so hot I can't, I can't oh, even yeah. get in.
3: Can't even get, can't even go in the same room as it.
0: Yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, melting.
0: Yeah, but uh, I'd definitely recommend it. It's um, no, I, don't I,
3: it, I don't think I've ever seen it.
0: Uh, I think the films are weird. I think um, my favourite has been Suspiria, really, but Phenomena, in terms of like, absolutely bonkers craziness, I think Phenomena is my favourite.
3: Yeah, well, obviously we're getting a Suspiria remake. Did we talk about that trailer?
0: I think Who's... so. There's a teaser trailer out there, isn't there?
3: There is a teaser trailer, and it's uh, sc- apparently the score is being done by Tom York.
0: As well. Oh yeah, I've been doing it.
3: Man. Good old Tom York. Yeah, doing it. Well, yeah, um, I think it looks pretty cool. Obviously, a lot of interesting um, a- actresses and like some big names like Tilda Swinton and uh, whoever that whoever that bird from Fifty Shades of Bloody Grey was.
0: Dakota Johnson. Dakota it's, Johnson. Um,
3: Chloe Moretz as well. Is that right?
0: They, yeah, I didn't see in, tra- in the teaser. Uh, it's weird. They've dialed down. I think they've made a smart decision by dialing down all of the crazy lights and. Candy-colored stuff, yeah, and it looks more in keeping with Black Swan or or something like that. Yeah, 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 I'm I'm up for it.
3: I was getting Black Swan vibes as well. Yeah, I'm definitely up for it. I'm always up for it, mate. You know me.
0: I do, I do. Okay, that's the gus uh, swept out of the way. Um, Get rid of them, mate. Absolutely no time for them. Get them blown out of the way. Uh, And so hereditary. (laughs) Do you want to tell us a bit about it?
3: Hereditary, yeah. So we're reviewing brand new, brand new release again, which is lovely. Keeping right on top of things. I was really excited so,
0: about this
3: one. Yeah, me you too. And I, as I said, I don't think I'd... I hadn't, I'd read a little bit about it, seen a trailer. I don't think I'd sort of watched too much and sort of kept quite an open mind. Obviously, you didn't see too much in the trailers, trailer anyway.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, so Hereditary is a 2018 American supernatural horror film written and directed by Ari Aster in his feature... Directorial debut. It stars Tony Collette, Alex Wolfe, Millie Shapiro, Anne Dowd, and Gabriel Byrne, and follows a family who is haunted following the death of their reclusive grandmother.
0: Lovely. Um, so, on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics' consensus is Hereditary uses its classic setup as a framework for a harrowing, mm-hmm. uncommonly unsettling horror film whose cold touch lingers long, be- long beyond the close- closing credits. 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.8 on IMDb. Um, Mark Khamod, oh. of all the people I thought would like it, he didn't like it. Or oh, he did. He, no. liked, he liked the first half an hour. I think he liked that it had. He liked the promise. Thought it had mm. promise, but he didn't like the way it went after.
3: I wasn't I t- totally on board with his comparisons either. I was a bit like, "Well, no, I'm not sure if I'm feeling that." Yeah. He was comparing it to some films, where I was a bit like, "I didn't get the same vibes from that."
0: But this is the first film I've seen in a long time. I was like, "I actually can't wait to watch it again." Like, yeah. I know you had a bad cinema experience.
3: <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't great, but um, it could. I mean, it could have been better. But then it it gives. It feels like it gives me an excuse to watch it again. Um, as I said, like the well, when I saw it in the cinema, the audience were a bit like laughing at bits which potentially weren't weren't funny. Uh, there was a lot of chatting, especially during the very cl- the very quiet moments. So I felt like it kind of like ruined the tension for me a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I, I mean, I still. I still like did really really enjoy it, and it stuck with me since. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about it, reading up on a lot of the sort of yeah. You
0: you like that kind of stuff, when is that? Yeah, uh,
3: all the little nuggets of information. There were so many times where I thought (laughs) I noticed something. Did I see this? Did I see that? And when you get it confirmed for you, yes, I did see that. Yes,
0: I've won. (laughs) I have won. won
3: also loads of stuff that I was like, I didn't notice that, and oh yeah, maybe that could be this. And it's it's another film where the conclusion is very much open, open to interpretation, which I kind of like. I like it when a film kind of does that. There's not like mm. a, a definitive explanation always. Yeah. Or, if there, or if there is, you can kind of put your own spin on it. So,
0: so I've, I've read a few people saying that um, they've had audiences that were laughing. And I think it's because people kind of expected they're going to go into to watch The Conjuring or something that's going to be similarly mm. jump scary and, and like a roller coaster of a, of a film. But obviously this is not that. it's more of a, it's like a slow build. I mean, I would say that like there's some scares near the start that like I thought were were in on par with like <clears> the Conjuring and stuff like that. maybe with more so. Yeah, it's um, just a
3: very sort of intense experience from start to finish. Yeah, like it kind of draws on a lot of different emotions. Like I, I, I mean, you know how I feel about jump scares anyway. I think obviously they're quite cheap. Um, when they're in a film that doesn't feel so worthy I feel a bit like whoa you made me jump I feel annoyed at you film because I don't even not even enjoying you but just the loud noise made me jump yeah whereas I think this film kind of earns those moments I think it takes its time and it earns those moments and it's not always a jump scare that gets you it sometimes it's just like a really extreme emotional reaction yeah like I like I, I had an extreme emotional reaction like in probably two or three two or three moments in this film yeah um which was like almost got to the point where i mean i was covering my mouth there was a point where i was almost covering my eyes which like which i never do because i'm hard as nails hard oh, as nails but, lad. yeah but uh, i was a bit like oh god like a bit like oh do do i, I want to keep looking it lingered yeah. on certain things for t- for kind of too long mm. and other things were just quite strange to the point where
0: i didn't quite know where to look it's very rare that a film nowadays will have even one scene where i'm like like it's creeping me out to the point where I have to kind of like look slightly away. But this had like three yeah. or four scenes Askew. when I was like, Jesus, like that I can't, I can't <laughs> <James>! handle that. <laughs> um, and
3: I, I think like the performances were incredible as well. Like to the point where, like I think that was where some of, some of the laughs were coming from in in the audience. That I had is that there were some really extreme emotional sort of moments that that the sort of these actors were really sort of portraying in, in in ways that made me feel unnerved. But obviously with some people. It made them laugh because it's almost I, like I laughed
0: actually. Yeah. In In the um, there's a sort of like mania. It's almost yeah. like comical in in, yeah. the, in some of the conversations and there's totally. there's, there's some of Tony Collette's uh, delivery, uh, the way she delivers some of these like monologues and lines. I was like, that's a, almost like a comedy routine, like the way she's. If you had like if you put that sort of emotion in, in the way she's saying that in a different context it would just be a comedy routine yeah but um i, felt like I think that's what it was t- going for i think that's what they aimed to do it was supposed to sort
3: of represent the sort of the the sort of mental the spiraling out of control that sort of the family was as it was unraveling yeah because even tony collette was getting to the point towards the end where she was like i was like she's annoying me like yeah. she's just, there were she's, just like, means... oh,
0: she's not i want her to die now <laughs> yeah. She, yeah i'm like god give it a rest for god's yeah. sake like
3: and and luckily some of the characters react to her in a way that i kind of felt did kind of feel real
0: yeah
3: but yeah i think it was just the uncertainty of what because i mean i didn't know what kind of film this was going to be i didn't know how, like what kind of supernatural elements there were going to be how much of it there was going to be i I really didn't i didn't read any and
0: there were no buzzwords that i kind of saw i didn't yeah. see any
3: buzzwords like demon ghost anything like that so yeah I, so the the, uh, fa-
0: the final reveal is so much sweeter i think when you when you when you kind of realize what the end what it is because i was a bit yeah. worried it's going to go a little bit babadook and by, that, and by that i mean like metaphorical to the point where uh yeah. it's you can wash it off as just being a metaphor for something else and I, don't, yeah. I appreciate that for what it is, but I prefer films that are like, no, <laughs> it's not a metaphor. <laughs> no, this shit no, no. is happening. Um, yeah. and this film is like, is is the the bad thing is is definitely happening.
3: Yeah. Well, it's got a lot of classic horror vibes. I know it's been given, it's been um in its marketing, it's been called like The Exorcist. I kind of felt a little bit, a few vibes of The Exorcist, but I guess it's because of the subject matter. Yeah. Um. But obviously, I felt Rosemary's Baby, Don't Look Now, Suspiria, um, a bit of Kill List kinda,
0: or Wicker Manish sort of stuff. Going loads, on there. loads yeah. of
3: Kill List and Wicker Man, especially in the final third. Mm. Very Kill List and Wicker Man, so it's so like a good blend of sort of like this modern, modern horror, modern supernatural horror, and like the folk horror.
0: Yeah,
3: It is also very unnerving, and it's a nice sort of combination of those two things. We're also with Creepy Child because. How many times have we seen creepy child figure in a horror film?
0: In any I, horror film? I thought that this... As soon as it introduced her... Uh, yeah. uh, what's, what's the actress's name? Millie, Millie, Millie Shapiro. As soon as yeah. it introduced her, I was like, oh, it's a creepy possessed kid movie. She's going to be the creepy thing in it. And then about half an hour, in, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, maybe not then. But was, so you say it's got all these, different, all these different elements. I will say that there were parts of this film I was like, it's a, it's a little bit disjointed in some ways as well. But that might be better on repeated viewings. I'm not too sure now that I know how it is going to end yeah. um but there were times when I was like ah, it's just getting a little bit confused in a way there are a couple um,
3: of moments where the plot kind of really does take you by the hand yeah um, oh yes I, I could
0: have done without that kind of stuff
3: yeah which I really yeah exactly I really didn't feel like it needed that stuff that kind of ruined the experience for me a little bit
0: mm. um I was it's ro- almost like it was like this is going to be playing to loads of people so I better just put a little bit of exposition like a book when the opening a book of oh that's the bad guy i needed yeah. more. i'd prefer to kill this ending if there were just like none of that and they just had a like you do the final reveal and it's like what what does that mean and I, that would have got me so so perfectly yeah. but a
3: couple couple of moments with exposition with a, with a, like a book and bits underlined and some voiceover stuff as well which were, which i was also a bit like
0: was it voiceover which bit was there was <laughs> I there was
3: voice well not necessarily voiceover But towards the end, there was a voice explaining some stuff.
0: Oh, right, okay, yeah.
3: Which kind of like was trying to put a draw a line under everything. Yeah. But for me, at the same time, I kind of I kind of understood at this point.
0: Yeah, me too. I felt like I
3: understood. I felt like I was there with everybody in this particular moment. I didn't need someone to like exclude, like explicitly say, "This is what's happened. Now this is
0: yeah." It's almost like the writing lost confidence in. And how much it had told, you know, how much it had shown throughout the films. We we, we didn't we were already there. We didn't need a bit bit of hand holding at the end. Yeah. We didn't need that at all. But then but again, yeah. at the same time, I'm thinking, is that just me being really niggly? Because I did really like this film. Like I want I want the same car in a slightly different shade of red. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But just for my personal taste, a bit of onion, or you know, like slightly different. I know what meat, you mean.
3: But I mean, this is a, this is a lovely steak and cheese footlong, but you just want some red onion and a little bit of barbecue sauce in there, yeah, just yeah. to just to bring it together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know what you mean, but at the same time, you know, it was pretty up there as a, ve- a very unconventional,
0: um, a a very unconventional Tasty horror. That,
3: yeah. A, yeah. A very unconventional horror that does feel quite traditional. Yeah. In a sense, it was a weird. A weird sort of, yeah, a weird flavor. Like when you eat, uh, like a brand new Christmas flavor, of crisp, <laughs> <laughs> of crisps that, that you're not expected. You know, yeah. you know, at yeah, Christmas when they bring out like, uh, I don't know, stuffing balls Turkey flavor, flavor, and yeah. you'll be like, oh, this is strange, but I like it." Yeah, that's exactly what this film was.
0: <laughs> it. I found out it was a missed opportunity that maybe ended up on the curtain room floor a bit with the model house. that's Very Tony Collette's character. She builds these. Model houses, and she builds like scenes from her life, like traumatic experiences in these little miniatures. Um, and I was like, Oh god, they're gonna be doing some creepy stuff with the dolls or move or they'll be in a different place on their own, or like, but that never happened. Like, I was like, That would be the perfect time to do that kind of thing. What I will say, that go on, sorry,
3: there are a few moments of foreshadowing with those dolls.
0: Yeah, where it would sort of put
3: them in certain positions, or certain things would happen, and then later on in the film, these things would actually happen in the film. Also, so
0: exposition what... was quite cleverly like they would reveal scenes from her past. Yeah, I thought that was quite good. And another thing with the with the dollhouse, because uh, the way the film opens, which we'll probably get to in a second, it you have the doll's house and it slowly zooms in, and then the it imperceptibly turns from the doll's house into the real scene, the real like life of the movie. There's There are times when you look at these sort of um, sets and part and the scenes and you're like, it doesn't even feel kind of real in a way because you're not too sure if it's just going to pull back and like, oh, they're in the doll set. Like, it almost yeah. gave it a really creepy sort of um, <clears throat> so, surreal feeling.
3: Sorry if I'm ruining any potential uh, trivia moments. Apparently, the whole house was built on a soundstage. Yeah, so I read that, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why it feels a little bit like... Unreal,
0: like a little uh,
3: bit unreal, yeah, a little yeah. bit like it is is like a play, like you're like you're watching like a just a, something play yeah, out it did on have the a, stage.
0: Now that you say that it did have a very like play uh, feeling to, to some of the parts, like the, the dinner scene and, and when it, there's a lot a lot of the sort of the house scene actually. Um, yeah. But let, let's get into the um, the actual meat of it. Uh, key players: we've got Tony Collette, uh, she plays Annie, she's the mum of the family. Um, Alex Wolf plays the son uh Gabriel Byrne plays the dad and <laughs> ministry Shapiro plays the daughter It's a very a normal family unit in a, in a in a sense um Millie Shapiro the daughter is uh he plays charlie she's um a little bit off she doesn't talk properly she she doesn't seem like a normal she seems like she's autistic or like there's some sort of um yeah. mental you know difference there. I'm not too sure how to put it Alex Wolf the son um Peter he plays a kid uh I think Mark Kimer said it perfect when he said he's like got the hangdog sort of um, mentality. So he's, you know, he's always looks like put upon. He just wants to uh, drink and smoke and do that kind of stuff. He doesn't want to. a chill out man. Yeah, just wants to play guitar in his bed, like like we all do. Yeah, um, I will say Gabriel Byrne playing Steve the dad. Uh, right. There wasn't too much going on. He, he, but I guess someone has to play the straight man for mm-hmm. um, for everyone else to go crazy.
3: He was just exhausted by everyone, I think, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh for God's sake, can we just yeah. chill out and
0: have a lovely dinner? I've I... made a lovely dinner. Hang on a sec, dude. Unset, sorry. Sorry, my uh, cat was trying to get into the space beneath the sink. All um, oh, right. We don't want to go in there because it's hard to get no. out. Did
3: you say your cat or cat? Was... Cats, you know, cat, yeah, <laughs> she
0: loves to go under there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow.
0: Okay, so uh, the film. Um, so I watched it last last Thursday. I've already got forgotten a fair bit of it. Um, you watched it last no two nights. I watched ago. it Sun
3: yeah Sunday. So that was two nights ago.
0: Okay, so um you may have to hold my hand for some of this. Oh well. Um, so the film uh, it opens um, with uh, the, the model house. We've got this incredible use throughout the film of like tilt shift photography, which is, if you don't know. What it is, it, it's um, a very certain type of lens which create makes real life scenes look like models, like makes them look um, yeah. like tiny, like miniature made, made of plastics and. And I noticed it a few times. It's the only time I've ever seen TLC photography used in any way other than like a nerdy, like they look like models. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is the only time I've ever seen like used effectively in a way. Oh,
3: they look like bloody models, don't they? <laughs> bloody idiots! Look at that stare to you. <laughs>
0: So over to the house, and then I think we 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 as soon as we're in there, they're just getting ready for the funeral. Um, for and uh, Tony Collette's mum. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So
3: Tony Collette's mum, um, who she wasn't particularly close with, had quite a difficult relationship with. Um, her mother was like really secretive, and I think she was quite judgmental, and just one of those fraught mother-daughter relationships. But of course, when she dies. Annie doesn't necessarily feel too upset, and I think a lot of the family kind of feel relieved as well. Yeah. Because as far as, when we get a little bit of backstory, it looks like the mother had been... It, it been, They'd been estranged, so Annie and her mother had been estranged for a while. Then she'd moved in with them when she was unwell, I'm assuming. As she, it as she, did she had
0: DID and something else as well. Yeah. Various D-I-D. mental illnesses.
3: Yeah, so she'd moved in with them, so obviously Annie probably was put, was quite put on by... Mum's presence. So there is a sense of relief in a way that yeah. she's passed on. Not in like a really really sinister, mean way, but just uh you know, we we all know what that feels like.
0: Yeah. Um then there's a, she also in a speech uh in the eulogy mentions like there's a lot of people here that she, she doesn't doesn't never see she's never seen before. She realized her Mum had so many friends or Yeah. Um and then so there's a, is that, a bit the smiling bit guy suspicious. there. Was he at that point where there's a guy smiling at Charlie?
3: Yeah, so there's a bit where Charlie's kind of looking at her, her nan's corpse, uh, eating a lovely chocolate bar while she does it, having a good old look at her, yeah. <laughs> her nan's corpse, her grandmother. And then, there's, yeah, she turns and just sees kind of a weird guy just smiling at her, which was a bit unnerving, was not it? Yeah. He, lo- he looked like a pro wrestler from the 90s. He was really tanned and had like really short blonde hair.
0: Yeah, he looked like he was about to rip to rip his suit off and. Suplex, Charlie, <laughs> on to, the coffin, yeah, onto the it's, coffin. A little coffin match. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. Um, so then we sort of move on with the days. I think uh, the next day, Charlie is at school, and she's revealed that she like makes model like toys or like makes little, um, I th- almost little lo- idols little or idols or, idols, or like yeah. day de- little weird sort of.
3: Yeah, out of various bits of like what it looks like junk or like other bits. Like there's one bit we've got cotton buds for arms. Yeah. Little jars. so she makes like little things. She's doing it obviously at one point in class where she's supposed to be doing a quiz, and her teacher kind of has a word. Yeah. And then a pigeon hits the <laughs> bloody window. Bang.
0: Yeah. Um, then the, the as uh, all the kids are playing, play playing f- football or tennis ball out on the park. Can I play? It's not my ball, mate. Yeah, that sort of um, yeah. standard English school stuff.
3: Football with a tennis ball. <laughs> well, I love playing that. It was yeah. an extra, extra challenge, wasn't it? Football with yeah. a tennis did ball.
0: Do you ever do it with a stone? <laughs> playing football with a stone, you got to kick it between the goal nets of, like just it's two a, stones.
3: It's the NSPCC advert. Yeah. <laughs> I had to play football with a stone. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah, I think the I did. The times
0: as well, we had like the four rucksacks made like the um, the post of the wrestling ring. Did, yeah. did you ever do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That
3: definitely did that. And just, to, just used to go too brutal, just like actually body slam someone onto yeah. hard ground.
0: Yeah. There's so many times when I think, because um, it's like wrestling, like training camps all over the place now. Like there's one in Liverpool, one in Manziel where I grew up. I was like, if they were around when I was a kid, I would be a wrestler right now. Yeah, Because yeah, I was so into it at the time. <laughs> Practicing well, uh, like submission poses. Uh,
3: they've just announced NXT UK as well, WWE. So if you want to well get involved, there's no better time to be a UK wrestler, Luke get involved
0: yeah but i don't i don't, I don't even watch it anymore i need to get back on man it. yeah you need to get back into it yeah uh, i digress there's a the pigeon whilst they're playing footy and wrestling uh charlie sneaks off she finds a dead pigeon and then she takes out a pair of scissors snips off its head and then mm-hmm. puts it away puts the yeah. head in the pocket like we all do um
3: which is nice isn't it pocketing the head yeah, uh, and then we kind of see. So we're introduced to Peter in school as well, and he's having some issues. He's kind of like, he's he's kind of fancies some girl who sits like a few seats in front of him. Then yeah,
0: she's weird thing where she just turns and looks at him. Yeah, she looks I'm at like, him well, sometimes as if to say, trying... "You prick." Yeah, I smelled <laughs> that.
3: I smelled it. <laughs> <laughs> All he wants to do as well is smoke a bowl. Like his friend, his friend texts him, "Want to smoke a bowl a break?" He's like, "I'm gonna smoke a motherfucking bowl."
0: Yeah, he's got such a a blank face <laughs> he's got right. he's got a
3: great blank face and also yeah. we just point out the fact the mole on his face should get like a best supporting actor <laughs> nod or something because
0: is that a real mole do you think the actor's got that it's mole? a
3: real mole yeah because it mm. well because he's in a he's in a jumanji right uh, and the mole was in
0: everything. that as well and the
3: mole was in that as well yeah so mm. if it's not a real mole it's a really weird thing to he's do he's like people but... know
0: me as the guy with the mole now so i can't take it off <laughs> i can't take it off the mole. <laughs> i've been attacked have... yeah but um, I think Bad it's it's handy because later on when they draw his face, cause he's got a very normal blank face, normally anyway. So yep. like, I know it, I know it's him because they've drawn a mole there. That's how I know it's him.
3: He doesn't quite look. This might just be me sound like an idiot. He doesn't quite look ca- Caucasian. Like it's a Caucasian. Fa- he's got Caucasian parents, but I thought he looked. Yeah. Possibly somewhat Asian. He's got.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He's got like an like an Indian sort of uh, face. Yeah, as, and I know it's the the brown skin, obviously a one thing, but it's also got like a, a large nose, and uh, you know the the features that I would identify as someone being uh, often. Yeah, Asian that's what I thought. I was so a bit
3: confused <laughs> as to why he was sort of part of this family, but maybe he is Caucasian. Maybe I've just been totally ignorant and yeah. uh, just because he got a mole in his face, decided that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, they yeah. were like, this guy is he's not Caucasian, but in the the role description, it says they have a mole. This guy and has he's a got mole. a mole. <laughs> he's got a
3: mole. And we've had no one else. He's got that down
0: to a T. With a mole. He's been practicing so all week with that mole. We could
3: just draw a mole on someone else. Or we could just take mole out of the character description. You can't no! Fake,
0: you can't fake a mole. I want it oh. all as authentic as possible. Yeah. Basically,
3: <laughs> you've, got, you've not got a mole on your face, but just act as if you have got a mole on your face. That's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I can see
3: it. I can visualize
0: it, man. As if your lips are weighted down on one side. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's on. great. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Just scratch, itchy, is it? Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, okay uh, so later on uh, at some point, Peter is like, is his name Peter? The, the mole boy yeah. is the mole like, Mole boy up. is Peter, yeah. I've got mom, I'm going to a party. We also get the, the impression that. The mum just doesn't have any sort of loving relationship with the kids at all. Like, there's, there's like something there that's just not not quite right. <laughs>
3: Obviously, she's quite um, distracted by her work. So, I mean, she's a miniature miniaturist artist. Yeah. So, what did you gain from that? Though, what does she actually do? Does she just build miniatures of things for, for what, though? I, was <laughs> <laughs> what I kept thinking, it's a school for ants, is what I kept
0: thinking. Yeah. She's like making those like uh, you know the little nat circus things that people used yeah. to make, <laughs> and what well, this they have like a, there's like a gallery, isn't there? There are, there was a couple of pieces when I was like, wow, that's actually amazing. There's a piece by the staircase, uh, and it's like yeah. three house, three miniature houses stacked on top, and I was like, wow, that that actually looks kind of amazing. Um, but a lot of the other things, I was like, I swear they did this on Blue Peter, like you sort of make it as you as you go along. <laughs> Every week.
3: <laughs> Thunderbirds Island. Yeah. What? She was like, oh, I'm getting a Thunderbirds <laughs> Island. Get me that empty, uh, empty cereal box and all
0: these little toilet roll of things. What is the, um? what's that island called?
3: Uh, Oh yeah, what was that island called? Ain't, ain't, no. I wow. think it
0: shows there's been an Arctic monkey song at some point as well.
3: Thunderbirds uh, Island. Give it, give it a sneaky Google because otherwise I'll be worried about it forever. Yeah, so she's got a load of models. She makes little dollies as well. I mean, I'm just slamming her trade here, but. Uh,
0: um, go on. It's just coming up with uh, the band Thunderbirds albums.
3: Oh. Did you search Thunderbirds Island?
0: No, yeah, why did I search Thunderbird album? That was weird. It must have been an auto. <laughs> auto Tracy team. Island. Tracy Island, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, boy.
0: So she basically does that, but like yeah. to, at a very good level. So, very good stuff. we understand
3: that she's kind of struggling with some things anyway, because. Um, i'm not sure i think it's around about this point uh we understand that she's going to a support group yeah um for people who have lost loved ones and she kind of talks a lot about her family and her relationship with her mum. explains that her dad like didn't her dad like starve himself he had some sort of mental disorder yes well the way
0: she they're, they're like trying to get to talk about her past in this support group and she goes all right fine so I've got this mum, uh, she died recently, I didn't really know her, she used to try and, it starts coming out with like, this crazy stuff that mum used to do. Did have a brother, but he killed himself, hung himself on the stair banister, my dad starved himself. Like she starts unreeling, unve- un- like spooling out of this crazy family history. And th- that's what I'm, i was, I laughed at that, because I was like, this is like, it's almost like ludicrous. Sick. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, but it just, it sounded like a, a Chris Morris, like comedy sketch to me. It, it just, <laughs> just went that way. Um, and then, every, and also like everyone's reaction is like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!"
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty intense. But yeah, so and she also explains, obviously, her brother killed himself, and he said it was his mum's fault
0: because Who was she was putting put, people inside him.
3: Putting pe- people inside her, yeah. Which uh, inside him, sorry. Which yeah. obviously was a little bit of a, a little bit of a sort of foreshadowing for a certain something.
0: That's. Weird. I didn't even make that connection until now. I was like, "Yeah, she was there putting, we like, Little people inside. Her. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. obviously
3: we start we start to get a little bit of an insight now into into Annie's mum. So um Yeah. Ellen
0: Ellen at, at uh, some point around here as well Ellen's shows up. Um Ellen DeGeneres she's like I'm under <laughs> <laughs> Come on, my show. Um so Come on come on
3: <laughs> come on come on, to, come on to my show and talk about
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Uh there's like a bit I can't really remember um so, but they do the filmmaker Ari Aster and the cinematographer obviously and the set designer. However, they do this these scenes they did them better than i've seen them anywhere before where yeah. it's all shadow they look the actor looks and you sort of see his shape um and you even you are like what is and then you start to make out the what yeah. it is in your head
3: it's lit just enough so you can kind of see that someone is there yeah and it's not lit so it's like a, it's not like a
0: silhouette of someone it's like you can see like yeah you it's can weird see that, a how face... they do this yeah you can see yeah. that, like the, the the skin color and stuff, but it's so faint. It's like, and then when you do start to see it, like there's one point in the film where you find out it wasn't actually anything; it's just a coat or something. Mm-hmm. But like they do that in, in a lot of films, but they, but you you know what it is pretty much straight away. But mm-hmm. this did it so perfectly, and it does it later on when there's a smiling dude. <laughs> that, film, yeah. that freaked me out so bad. Yeah, but it's yeah, It was, it was so good because it,
3: it it sort of revealed things like that and sort of showed like sort of what might be like a creepy apparition and didn't, like, elaborate on it more than that. So it didn't yeah. show you that, and then suddenly go, rah! Or suddenly show you that, and then... Do you know what I mean? It didn't... Yeah. It was very, very... It drip-fed these little creepy what-the-fuck moments. Yeah. Like, really well, I think. And it just gave the whole film this really sort of unnerving edge. that kind of just, like, made... Just constantly made me think. And, like, the... I don't know if it's just me, but the... This is another thing I got confused by. But the soundtrack was very sort of, like... There were a lot of worry, sort of low hums.
0: Yeah, I didn't know what to make of the soundtrack. Uh, by the end, the very last sequence, the soundtrack suddenly takes on a sort of beautiful tick. And I was like, "Wow, actually, that was, that was an amazing soundtrack." But um, yeah. it was—I uh, didn't know at the time—but you, you pointed out it was like a saxophone or.
3: Yeah, apparently something. there's lots of like the the composer there's all brass of, stuff. Um, yeah. it's a load load of like saxophone stuff. So Colin Stetson. Um. So yeah, a load of weird, creepy sort of like saxophone experimental s- things going on, stuff that you would hear and wouldn't go. That's a saxophone. Yeah. But then this guy was sort of playing it, and he, when he was explaining um what the director told him to do with the music, he said just make it sound
0: evil. <laughs> it, evil. It does sound.
3: I guess it does. I because yeah. th- I was in the cinema, I thought I, I could hear. Do you know sometimes when you're watching a really quiet film and you can hear another film in a screen? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was that, but like this weird, worry sort of like low hums throughout. But it was it was kind of this, and it was just con- that constant sort of strange feeling of uncertainty.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it, it, around this time, Peter's like, Mom, I'm going to a party. Um, Charlie, I, I can't remember how this happens. Basically, Tony Fletch's character, uh, she's busy doing her miniature work, and she's kind of throws Charlie off into Peter's. Yeah. Get, even though so, like, she doesn't want to go, Peter doesn't want she... to take her.
3: I think she's a bit worried about Charlie not interacting with other kids. And she goes like, well, Peter, does your does your sister want to go? And Peter should do a better job here of, of knowing that he's going to like a, okay. a party for older kids. Yeah. So he should do a better job here of going, oh, no, I'm going to be with this person. This, But he should do a better job.
0: I'm going to be spending a bowl, goes, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but he kind of just goes, yeah, come on, then. And obviously Charlie doesn't really want to go. She's got things on. She's making shit. And she kind of goes, and she's not interested really. And when she gets there, she doesn't kind of want to be left by Peter at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for whatever, Tony Collette, she she hands uh, Charlie off, and then he goes to this party. Um, right away, Charlie isn't comfortable. She's like, "I don't know anyone here. Why am I here?" Uh, and then Peter sees the girl that he likes from school, and she's she's like, "Let's go smoke some weed in, in this other room." And and Peter gets Charlie to eat some chocolate cake. He's like, look, there's chocolate cake over there. You love she, chocolate. Loves cho- <laughs> she loves chocolate. She oh, loves chocolate. <laughs> carrying a fucking Snickers in your pocket. I'm oh, not Snickers. <laughs> you turn it into house. a right diva when you're hungry. <laughs> turn into a right payment. And uh, she, um, oh. spoilers, she um, she goes off to eat this chocolate cake and she's munching away at that thing. <laughs> Looking <Yeah>. disgusted. <laughs> she's absolutely nailing it. And then she kind of like, she, gets, she goes a bit like,
3: a couple of times, like, oh, it's yeah. a bit weird now. Like when you're eating a lovely bit of chocolate cake it's and then claggy. you're like, it's coffee, coffee cake.
0: <laughs> it's like me when I'm eating uh, a scone, like it cl- it's claggy at the back of the throat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get me a cup of tea, quick. <laughs> get me a
3: cup of tea, stats. <laughs> <laughs> There's not up, enough jam you, on frick. this, yeah. <laughs> oh, but do you go for jam first or cream first? Uh,
0: personally, I do cream and then jam on top.
3: Interesting. <laughs> I, I I reckon I'd, do a, I'd mix it up a bit. Yeah. if I did cream first and jam jam second one time, I'd mix yeah. it up the next time. Back just turn so it into a smoothie
0: and smoothie it all together and just have it that way. It's so fine. Don't yeah, mind
3: and spread it on a piece of toast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So while while thingy's smoking a blunt or whatever he's doing, uh, Charlie um, she's supposed to have an anaphylactic shock and she's not got an epipen for some reason. She Should always have an epipen on them.
3: But it seems it seems like she goes into anaphylactic shock, and I know they didn't really. Talk about this too much, but it struck me that she isn't actually allergic to nuts. Did you not get that feeling? Mm, She's not allergic. Like she's not allergic to nuts, but something's happening that's making her react like she is allergic to nuts.
0: So also early on the way to the party, um, as they passed this telephone pole that were coming to, uh, there's like a little. We see throughout the film there's these little like pagan-looking symbols, yeah, like written on stuff. some sort of spell thing that made Yeah the her... whole
3: I think the whole thing was was some sort of spell. So this pagan symbol um Annie's mum has it around her neck when she's in the coffin, chilling in the coffin when she's dead. Chilling. Uh Annie's got that she... necklace as well, <laughs> this symbol. Um and yeah and then it's sort of scribed onto like some sort of telephone pole. So I kind of got the feeling that even though she goes into anaphylactic shop because obviously she cause she doesn't know what's happening because she's going my throat feels like it's getting bigger. Yeah. And he's like, "What the hell's wrong with you? Like, if she was allergic to nuts, I think both of them will kind of know."
0: But then, that's how she reacts. Didn't earlier? Um, they were having, they were doing some food thing, uh, and then Tony Collette says, "There's no nuts, is there?" <gasps> oh. So they did. I, they did. they did not that. seed that. They did nut that uh, earlier yeah. in, the, in the film.
3: Well, I apologise profusely if that's the case, but clearly I took it the wrong way.
0: Well, maybe I don't know. I, mean, I might have even imagined that bit. Um, who knows, mate? Who knows? Uh,
3: <laughs> Imagine that whole sequence. Imagine 30 minutes of this film. So,
0: so Peter's like, "Oh shit!" And it's like a panic moment. He goes, uh, "Come on, Annie, get in the car." She's oh, like, I,
3: "I felt I felt a bit sorry for them or him in this instance because he like carries her to the car as well. He carries her like she's like so a tiny like, baby. Yeah. baby. <laughs> not embarrassing, but I kind of felt like, oh, that like, he cares about her. He wants her to be all right. Oh you know yeah, mean?
0: yeah, definitely. And yeah.
3: then. When it when it like obviously when we get the outcome of this whole scenario, I was just a bit like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so far in this film, I'm like, this is a creepy kid movie. She's going to get possessed. It's an next Exorcist, mate. This is what how this is how it Yeah. She's going to vomit green. She's yeah. going to get. That chocolate crucif- cake is going to come back on someone's face soon. Yeah. Um. But so she's like, her throat's getting bigger. She can't breathe. And then he's driving super fast. So he's um, high at
3: the stage as well. He's been he's been smoking a bowl. Yeah. So
0: he's high, high as balls. He's tripping yeah. balls right now. Tripping balls. Tripping bollocks. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Don't worry, Annie. We'll get there any 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 moment now. Uh, we'll get to the hospital." And then she opens, she winds the window down because um, they don't have like, the child lock on the windows. Yeah. They go nope. halfway.
3: She's like thirteen anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they they pass. This is uh, this completely shocked me. I, completely. Um. She shoves her head out the window and then they pass the telephone pole and then not... Well, I didn't know. You didn't really well, know no, what there's happened like there's like,
3: a de- there's like a dead animal in the road, isn't there? Oh, yeah so, course, he's, yeah. so he's driving. Obviously, he's going up to like almost 80 miles an hour because he's like, we're going to be at the hospital soon. Don't worry, you're not going to die. I know your throat's getting tight. And then he sees an animal in the road and obviously he swerves out of the way of the animal. Yeah. Right past that telephone pole Yeah. as Charlie's got her head hanging out.
0: We We hear a thump. And we, we
3: hear a thump, yeah. So... I guess we don't particularly know exactly what happened.
0: I don't know what was going on for this. You point. hear a
3: no, no. So you hear a thump. He stops. He's obviously terrified. He can't really say a word. Yeah. He's kind of like he goes to say at one point, "Are you okay?" But like he can't even finish the sentence. He goes, "Are you?" Oh, like that. Yeah. Um. So he knows something terrible's happened. But I don't think I under—I didn't understand the severity of it at this point. Did you?
0: No, no. I, I thought like uh, she knocked herself out or or something. I didn't r I yeah. had no idea it was gonna be as bad as it was actually. But I think everyone everyone's about Tony Collette's acting in this, but I do feel looking back that, that uh, Alex Wolfe's acting in this particular scene was pretty amazing. Like he felt a genuine shock. Like he didn't lip, like didn't look around, didn't say anything. It's very silent. He just sort of started to drive home and said it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Left Annie left Charlie's body, uh you know, left Charlie in the car, went to bed and then we just sort of stay with him until the morning after. And we hear, we hear his, what's her name? Um, Annie. And he goes outside, opens the door, and she just like wails. It's horrific. I mean, that of, was horrible. Yeah. And then it suddenly cuts to the head. <laughs> like,
3: and then it suddenly cuts to Charlie's severed head at the roadside in the morning, just covered in ants.
0: With the, the bottom of the mouth is like mashed to hell. Like, yeah. It's was, it was so and bad. And it's just... And it's this
3: moment. This was the first proper extreme reaction because it just kind of happens. And I guess I kind of expected one, one thing or another, but it's just the way it kind of cuts to that. Yeah. You don't see. You don't see anything. You're with. You're with Peter. You're with Peter, and in his reaction to hearing his mum scream, yeah. and then you see the head, and I was like, whoa! And it just lingered on it for ages. It lingered on it for a long Man, time.
0: Scurrying all over it instead. It was
3: bloody horrible, mate. <clears throat> yeah. So then it kind of like you get quite a lot of quick cuts where time goes quite fast here where we see like the funeral um good shot of obviously the coffin going down to the ground and we sort of follow it down and um that was that was good and then obviously we kind of just see um annie like grieving she just kind of led on the led on the floor like so i was saying she just wants to die and i think it's then you kind of like experience like that 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 kind of grief like, there's there can't be nothing like it and it's just we yeah. see I, I i felt it I, I like really felt it i felt the Intens- intenseness of it because this, the shock was there with me from seeing the head as well so I always kind of felt like I was there with them like going Jesus Christ this is yeah, insane
0: he's probably wailing um, for a while yeah. and um, obviously there's like the tension now between uh, the, the father Gabriel Burns' character he's, he's he doesn't I don't know, he blames he holds no malice towards his son but obviously um, Annie blames uh Peter in some degree, because it is some part of his fault, but it's also part of her fault as well. Um and there's a scene where they're at a dinner table, um, Gabriel Burns made made the food. Um and it's just a great scene where um it's not there's nothing horrific about it, but it's just a really great dramatic scene about taking responsibility and, and, and who you can who's blaming who for what and, and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, I mean it
3: was it was a good it was a good scene where he kind of swore at her as well, and she like really went went off on him.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I think like PTSD, Peter's kind of suffering from a little bit, and he's kind of just she's had a lot of resentment towards Peter, I guess, throughout her life, and now she's because she does reveal at some point as well that she didn't even want to keep him when she was pregnant. Yeah. So now this resentment's kind of like coming out, and she's kind of like got a, re- a legit a reason to legitimize that that sort of resentment now. Yeah. so she's kind of like not holding back as much
0: at what point does she re- tell, who does she tell that she was going <laughs> to because we find out that she sleepwalks as well Yeah. Um, she's telling someone, is it in the support group where she's like I slept walk,
3: yeah 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 so she goes back to the support group at one point as well um, I don't know if it was before Charlie died or after but she talks about, it might be after and she talks about when she used to sleepwalk and one time she woke up and she'd covered Peter and Charlie in paint thinner and she had a match in her hand and then suddenly she woke up, put yeah. the match out.
0: See, obviously. That bit was like made me not like Annie anywhere this is the start of Annie's downfall on mind, because she was like, and he won't let me he won't forgive me for it. <laughs> he won't yeah. forgive me for the fact that like it looked like I was gonna burn him.
3: I'm just bloody sleepwalking, aren't I? <laughs> I stood over him with a knife, going, I'm gonna kill you, you little shit. I'm sleepwalking.
0: Yeah. Uh Peter also there's um a couple of bits where you think there's Annie in the room. She Annie does this tongue popping thing throughout the film. I think you uh, hear sorry, it every Char- Char- now and Char- again. Charlie, isn't it? Oh, Charlie, Charlie does it, Yeah, this is a tongue popping. You hear it every now and again. You see, like
3: it's almost like a tick type thing that she used to do, would not it? Yeah,
0: like a, like a, uh, a a brain thing. Yeah. Um. So at some point as well, uh, what's his name gets the call. The dad, that the Annie's mum has been her body's missing from the graveyard. Like someone's been yeah. in and taken the someone's, body.
3: Someone's desecrated the grave, and he kind of de- he doesn't tell Annie, but he doesn't react in a way that someone normally would. Like, what the
0: fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's like, classic thingy's mum.
3: Classic <laughs> Joan. I mean, she's dead. In
0: laws, eh? <laughs>
3: Not Joan. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do? In laws, eh? Yeah. Uh, he desecrated the grave. I reckon
0: he done it. He done it. Um. So at this point, I think we're introduced to uh, Annie goes back to the counselling group but she meets a woman.
3: Yeah. So she can't like go in. She's like trying to prep herself to go in. She can't go into the sort of the group therapy sessions. Yeah. And suddenly this woman like just flags her down and says, Oh, I saw you last time or a while ago, a few months ago, how's things and everything. Um, <clears throat> and they sort of kind of like start communicating exchange numbers. Um, and then we kind of see her again later. Is that right? Do
0: we see it? Do we see it? Yeah. So, like at the art store. So, okay. I, so, they kind of become fast friends. I think she even goes around to a house and there's like a pillow with some embroidery thing that looks like Oh my mum used to do a similar thing. Yeah, there's, like, oh, the, the, yeah, there's yeah.
3: there's a like a welcome mat.
0: Yeah. Isn't there? Um needle pointed sort of deal. Yeah.
3: So Joan obviously says that she lost a grandson. She lost like a seven year old grandson. Yeah. Um so they're kinda of, like bonding over that. Obviously Annie's lost um her daughter. Uh Joan's lost her grandson, so they're kind of bonding over that and then later on Joan like suddenly reveals to even though she's like oh my god i was a skeptic and i went there and everyone else was a skeptic but you have to believe me like she is quite convincing
1: because yeah.
3: annie clearly isn't going for it she's like what but joan says that she communicated with her dead grandson through us like a seance she gives her like a sort of um a flyer type thing with some information <laughs> pamphlet on it. pamphlet, yeah. pamphlet. Obviously, Annie is very, very skeptical at this stage, thinking like, "What the hell?" But I guess yeah. she's thinking, if Joan's using it as a way to cope throughout this, maybe she should kind of go along with it just to kind of. Yeah. She's a new friend. I think she doesn't feel always particularly comfortable, so she kind of goes along with it for a little while.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then um, we do actually she just speak to the dead son, don't she, in, in somewhere in like a Ouija. Jato, so yeah, certainly. she she
3: gets the glass to move, and then she uses uses like a chalkboard, and the chalkboard says "I love you, Grammy." Yeah. So like, so like, uh, of course, she, yeah. she she convinces Annie there that it's all real, and obviously yeah. tells her exactly how she needs to perform the séance, that she needs to do it with all of her family in the house, and that and kind of like shows her a few ways to do it. So obviously Annie goes away, from, still kind of like shocked at what she's seen. Like she is a bit overwhelming for her as well. Yeah. Um, but then she goes back to her house, and obviously she thinks about doing the old seance to communicate with Charlie, but she did not do it just yet.
0: No, well, I think there's a series of scenes and, and bits where you see Annie sort of getting more and more. Uh, uh, she leans more and more into depression. She starts sleeping in the treehouse outside where um, Charlie used to sleep. She doesn't yeah. doesn't spend any time with the husband. Um, yeah, no. relationships like getting, you know, more and more um destitute and um
3: She makes a miniature of the of the like accident which killed Charlie. So like a car,
0: yeah,
3: telephone pole, and then Charlie's like severed head on the floor. Yeah. Which obviously obviously her husband is like, What the flying flip are you doing?
0: Yeah. Um she also gets so there's like a gallery waiting for her to finish her latest collection of miniatures and, and she gets a call from them and she freaks out, starts Smashing it all up. She Hulk smashes it. Yeah, she because yeah. Yeah, they say,
3: like, look, we're just calling to see how you are and we just want to know. We're all thinking of you, but when the fuck are you going to finish this shit? I know yeah. you've lost your mum and your daughter recently, but we still got deadlines. Yeah. Jesus.
0: So, I'm not too sure. I mean, she obviously does, doesn't does quite believe it, but she does do the seance. Um, Actually, is it here where she does... <laughs> Sleepwalk, and she finds herself. Is Peter getting haunted by this point? Yeah, and so then someone's Pete, trying to pull his head off or something.
3: Yeah, so Peter sort of has some sort of weird dream where she's where like some arms come and grab his head when he's asleep, trying to pull his head off. Yeah. Annie's having dreams as well where she she dreams that she's in his room and again he's covered
0: in the, the light fluid. She's covered the in the light fluid. And the ants as well, fluid. pouring it out of his mouth and stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah, the ants as well. I mean, there's loads of these these sort of like creepy things where she's obviously... So what what we understand is that there's some sort of force at this stage trying to like mentally break down yeah. Peter and Annie.
0: There's an amazing you know. bit, even though it turns out to be a dream, where she says to Peter, you know, I never meant to have, never wanted you. And she like covers her mouth and she realises what she said. Like the horror yeah. light, like, And then she sort of realises that she tried to um, get rid of him in, in whatever ways, like alcohol, um, when she was pregnant with him. And um, she, was it Peter. she wasn't allowed to breastfeed or was it Peter and Charlie? Um, it
3: was just, I think it was just Peter. So, uh, sorry, just Charlie, because Charlie, so Annie's mum, Ellen was like, used to want to just feed the baby and she was very much like involved with her there. But Charlie does make a point earlier in the film where she says that she wanted me to
0: be a boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <clears throat> um, so they the get basically getting haunted by something of a so she does this séance. I think she kind of realizes thinks that it will make things better for everyone if she does get to speak to Charlie. She has this um, uh, sketchbook which Charlie used to use to sketch weird looking pictures of people. Um, mm. and she's like, use the sketchbook. Um, but I don't think she, it works until she gets, until she wakes Peter and
3: the husband up. <clears throat> yeah, so she gets both of them to come downstairs, put their hands on the glass, and try and like communicate with Charlie, um, which everyone kind of starts freaking out. Obviously, Peter gets very upset. Um, the glass does move, and yeah. the sketch does something happen in the sketchbook at this point?
0: Not yet. I think later on it starts to draw Peter, like yeah, yeah. the picture of Peter on its own. Yeah.
3: So like he's very affected by the sort of séance, and then the séance ends when some like like a glass cabinet gets smash- uh, smashed. Yeah. So at this point, like it's really affecting Peter. He's getting really upset, and this this sort of like PTSD and like his hallucinations are really sort of starting to dial up now.
0: Yeah, there's, there's loads of great scenes here. So there's one scene which really freaked me out, uh, where Peter is at school, he's finding his lunch, and he and it's like there's like people at, at school just minding their business, and he starts to hear this like voice like Peter. And he looks up he looks across the road, it's like busy traffic stuff, but there's uh, is it Joan, the woman? Yes, yeah, Joan. She's on so the this, other side of the road.
3: Just before this as well, it's been revealed that Joan knew Anna, Annie's mum, so knew Ellen. She was in some photos with her. Annie goes back to her house, banging on her door to obviously try and speak to her, and we see in Annie in Joan's um apartment like a picture of Peter and some weird sort of like all these weird sort oh, of like, like uh, a
0: triangle on his face and stuff like a yeah. triangle
3: on his face and there's candles all around. So obviously some sort of ritual. And yeah. yeah and then we, then we see Joan across the school from uh, across the street, sorry, from yeah.
0: Peter's and, school. And she's like, Peter, I, I ban you. And it's, and she's like, it sounds like she's trying to perform a possession of him, but like no one else can see Joan doing this or like, it's, it's all very sort of, only peter can can hear it or see it and there's, there's a really weird i found that kind of terrifying that because that no one else could see it and she was like trying to exercise him from his own body it just seemed really such an, an interesting yeah interestingly scary sort of idea because he um, looked around at everybody else as well to sort of see and, and no one and was they... like confirming that it was actually happening and he started yeah. to see this like a like flashing light sort of thing um I don't know. It's described like a spectral sort of light that keeps yeah. appearing.
3: everywhere. So we saw, so we saw that a couple of times early in the film as well. When Charlie was kind of, there was a point where Charlie was kind of distracted by something outside of the treehouse. She went walking down. She saw this light kind of lead yeah. her, and then on the distance she kind of saw what looked like a figure, and then some like fire.
0: Yeah. But we never got
3: any, and we never got anything else
0: from that. And yeah. again,
3: that that looks like in hindsight that that was some sort of ritual as well.
0: Yeah. And. Um, so Peter goes into his class um and he's trying to ignore whatever happened. Um yeah. And then he, he looks to the left in the mirror and he sees himself smiling. He has his nose changed at this point? He has his nose then to look more like Charlie's? Oh, I don't know. I, do, I, I don't know if, it, if this is part of it or not. Or if <laughs> like, like,
3: Hang on a minute. Your nose looks suspiciously different. Yeah. Um, I didn't, didn't notice that.
0: And he suddenly sort of kind of like... um Goes all strange, and then starts banging his face on the... This was um, weird. This was weird. So he went. He kind of like
3: looks like he's having some sort of spasm fit. Yeah, type of thing.
0: His lips all up. The the moles, you know, just there. Yeah, and this the, was a, this <laughs> was hard. intense.
3: This was some real physical like acting. Like I was really confused by how it how it was happening.
0: Yeah. Um. So at this point, Annie is getting haunted as well. I think. I can't remember what but I do you remember she this she decides to burn the book? Yeah.
3: Well, well obviously when Pete when Peter does go like that, he does smash his face onto the desk like <laughs> twice as well, really yeah. hard. Yeah. Breaks his breaks his schnoz. Now his nose looks different.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he knocks himself out. Um so...
3: So, so yeah, Annie's like trying to burn the so she thinks that somehow the sketchbook is connected to everything that's happening. Kind of wants to burn it, so she throws it in the fire, but then Instead, of, it, it starts burning but then she starts
0: burning as well like her arm does yes yeah, she puts it out um, and then she tells whilst Alex is, is uh, asleep in his bed like he's recovering she tells she's trying to get her husband to burn the thing for her and he's like look I'm not doing this anymore you you've actually having Complete mental yeah. breakdown. Well, just
3: just before that, she does find a body up in the attic. Oh god, yeah. And shows yeah. him as well. So it's a headless body, which she thinks is her mum. Yeah. The same symbol that was around her neck, same symbol from the pole, is drawn in what looks like blood. Yeah. On on the wall, um, up there. And obviously, Steve is getting to the point like he's seen it, but now he's saying, "You did this. You desecrated your mum's grave. You brought your mum's body here. You've gone yeah. insane." Basically, yeah. I'm not I'm not dealing with this anymore. And yeah. Annie's like, "No, I've got to burn the book." And even though I'm going to die as well, it'll end all of this.
0: Yeah, she goes to sacrifice herself to save everyone, and she's yeah. like trying to say—I oh, remember trying to say goodbye. She's trying to make amends in a way. She's like, "I love you." You can see that he—he's he, <laughs> <she>, not. <laughs> she throws loves not into... the book in the fire. <laughs> yeah, I love you so much. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> she throws the book into the fire, and then he <laughs> it bursts into flames. He bursts into guy. flames, which is um, great. Pretty... He married. Did not marry well. No, no, he didn't. Yeah. Um,
3: and then, obviously, P- Peter awakens, goes around the house, the house is really quiet, and then we get some more of this. There was a good shot here where Annie seems to now be possessed by this demon. So we got a little bit of um, exposition earlier where she finds a book, reads a bit about Payman. Her mum was obviously involved with some sort of cult, which had quite a big following, and she reads a bit about this demon called Payman. He's a king of hell, needs to needs to basically uh, take over the body of a male. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, there's a lot, a lot of bits where, like, bits of the book are, like, underlined, so there's a bit.
0: Yeah, you know? I could do without that stuff. But, um, so Peter wakes up. He's completely yeah. alone. Somewhere in the house, his mum, possessed, is knocking around somewhere. Yeah. Um, he starts walking around, super dark, super creepy. He's like, shall I turn the light on? No, nah, it wouldn't be nah. as scary. So he leaves that off, smart, and then he starts to walk through the house, um... And then he looks. He finds his dead, his dead dad's dad's dead body. His dad's dead. His dad's, dad's dead. Cooked, dead cooked, cooked barbecue body, um, yep. on the floor. And he's like, "Oh no, Papa, Papa!" Throughout this moment, he starts to call his mum, mummy. At this point, he's well. like he's he's kind of re- regressing in a way. Um, and then he looks to the left, and then in the same sort of veiled shadow where we've seen people before, we just mm. see a grinning, naked dude. Yeah. Just, uh, he looks like he's now this now he's in his like wrestling gear now yeah. he looks like he's about to body slam peter um <laughs> and then he turns and, he, and his mum bursts out of the corner from nowhere he runs away and then he runs to the place where like you like out of anywhere like you should not go to this point but i always love it when this happens but he goes to, into the belly of the beast it reminds me of when um ash goes into the trap door in, yeah. in your dead where you're like that's the, the that's where you don't want to be at all yeah. he goes up into the attic this is another of my favorite moments. Like he's like looking around. Um, oh, is so his, his mum's still underneath? And she's like knocking, and he's like saying, "No, mummy, leave me alone, mummy." And then it reveals that he's actually using a head to sort of knock at the beneath of the yeah, trapdoor, really um, intently as well. And then Peter's like looking around, and then you just hear this um, like squelching noise because yeah. you know the body's up there as well. Like you know that there's a headless body somewhere. Something creepy is as hell is hell's happening there. And then he looks up, and you see his reaction for a long time, and he's like freaked to hell. He's like, "What? What is he seeing?" And it reveals that it's his mum floating in the, uh, the roof space, like with a garret sort of piano wire yeah. or something, soaring her own head off. Yeah, and um, starts.
3: She starts nice and slowly, and it gets faster and faster and faster. How did she even get up there? She was the other side of the door a second ago.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know how. But um, how? And then. I'm sure. I remember it being a very clever way of the head falling off. I think it cuts outside the house, and then we just heard like the, yeah. the head so, sort of...
3: so he's he's looking up at her as she continuously like taking her head off, and he sees more naked like followers. They're all there. A ton of. They're him. all there yeah, in yeah. the corner. Ants. So he runs and jumps out of the window. Smash. Yeah. Lands face first in the garden, and it's this moment that we hear the head. First of all, we hear the head come off. Yeah. And then yeah. we see that that weird sort of like light. Just sort of like fade, just goes into Peter's body. So yeah. we understand that that's sort of like a, a, phys, a manifestation of the possession.
0: Yeah, as such. yeah. Um. And then we come into the end. We he, he sort of looks up and in the treehouse he sees Annie's body floating up into the.
3: That was a great shot. I think.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Annie,
3: one. Annie's headless body floating up into a treehouse.
0: Yeah.
3: It was just. It was just. It was mad. It was absolutely mad.
0: He, he follows her into it. Um, and then we see um, basically a very similar idol to what Charlie used to make, but a lot on a grander scale. And instead of like the pigeon's head or whatever, mm. it's her own mangled corpuscle head on, on this idol. Um, and then we see the, the both of the headless body of his mum and his grandma like in a in a uh, praying position. To, uh, and there's all the naked people sort of praying that they're like doing... You know, praying to Mecca or whatever they're yeah. they Um And then Peter stood there, and then it cuts back, and he looks back down at the bodies again, and they've turned around, so they're now praying towards him instead. Yeah. Which I thought that was so creepy. Such a good moment. Yeah. Uh, and I think Jones there, like exposition to hell. It's yeah. Like, yeah now, she- now you are, now you are payment. Charlie was payment. She wasn't ever like a human person thing. But she was born in the wrong body. Now, she, now you've righted that. Now she's in the right body.
3: Now she's in your body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, now he's free to rule over everybody.
0: And then it's like uh, saying "Hail!" like exactly the same way that Evil Dead Two ended. They're like yeah. "Hail, hail!" Did you think there was like more voices there than?
3: Yeah, I felt like there was loads of voices. I mean, that it was only a small like. Uh, it was bowling only clubs worth. Yeah, but bowling clubs worth. Lot <laughs> <laughs> of old people.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: But, uh, it was creepy, man. This whole this whole ending was 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 creepy. I think that it was that, that those folk horror vibes like really took took over, and the, and it was a bit unexpected at this stage. So yeah, definitely felt like Kill List in the yeah. way.
0: Yeah, I I think if they got rid of some of the exposition, especially the book and, yeah. and that kind of stuff, and if it just left a lot of that stuff open to your own you know research and the way you think back on it, or even just left it to the point where you never really know. Like kill this, yeah. like, you don't really know what the fuck that's about, really. No. Um, but other than that, it's a great. I was, it's my favorite horror, new horror this year so far by, by by a fair way, I think. Yeah,
3: I think so. I think it introduces a lot of really interesting themes. It had a lot of those classic horror vibes. It didn't feel too over the top. Not too many jump scares. It didn't suffer from being like a modern horror film where sometimes I feel like modern horror films kind of have to hit certain checkpoints and mm-hmm. hit certain beats in order for it to like feel like an actual scary film but like that sort of uncertainty that kind of like lingered throughout it and that creepiness like i think possession's always been something for me that uh, de- like pose- demon possessions always been something for me that makes me feel a little bit uneasy so i guess in in a way that's kind of why it's been compared to the exorcist but uh, yeah it's not it's not quite as visceral as that yeah even though it has got some very <coughs> very like extreme moments,
0: definitely yeah. Okay, so um, are you ready for some trivia? Oh yes. Uh, I so this is a new film, and it's always, it's always really hard when there's a new film, <laughs> a new director. There isn't really that much trivia to to work from. No. Um, okay, so which of the four family members injured themselves in the name of art? Art, or well,
3: actually physically injured themselves. Yeah. Probably. Well, it was either it was Peter, either when he smashed his face on the table or when he jumped out the window. I bet something went wrong there.
0: Yeah, so it is Alex Wolf. Um, he offered to um, literally smash his face into. Apparently, he's a bit of a method actor. Uh, he offered to literally smash his face into the school desk into wow. a real school desk and the director said, No, we'll, we'll get a soft desk for you. <laughs> we'll get a bouncy castle yeah. for you to, for you to But apparently he, he still uh I don't know if he broke his nose, but he said it still still hurt his nose um in doing it.
3: Well even though it was like soft.
0: Yeah, because I think mean, he smashed his face into it so hard. I wasn't um, soft enough. Yeah, I mean I've I've hit a bouncy castle, you know. That yeah, yeah. most of my face pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay uh, what's the age gap between Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne remember they're a married couple
3: yeah I did think this during the film I thought she was considerably younger than them
2: yeah
3: so I reckon he's I reckon he's like 60 odd right and she's like late 40s wow so like yeah uh, <laughs> go ahead.
0: 15 years he's 68 and she's Forty four. yeah. So wow. there's a twenty-four-eight. I don't know if that was like intentional. Though. But be Maybe to point out that she's almost because uh, she was like, kind of like a bratty child at some point. She's almost just as childish. Yeah, as and he's others. a bit. He's a bit like this. <sighs> Come on, yeah. <laughs> Give it a rest. <laughs> okay, number three. Number three. Number three. Did director Ari Asta ask her Mana manner what it is that he is after?
3: <laughs> oh my god, I hope so. I really hope so. Did Ariaster? Um, oh, Ari, do you ask her? Oh, yeah, yeah, he did.
0: He did. Correct. <laughs> yeah, Ari, director Ariaster asked a man at uh, Asda what it is that he is after, and he said, "Did you ask her?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs>
3: what was it he was after?
0: No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a oh. bottle of council pop, okay. Um, <laughs> like I said, this uh, this film didn't have too many sort of trivia questions for me to pull from, so this is one of mine. Uh, number four. This is a film that starred not only one but two or more actors. True or false? Wait, say,
3: say again. Say again.
0: This is a film that starred not only one but two or more actors. True or false? It's true. Yes.
3: There were quite a few people in this.
0: There was, yeah, well well spotted. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. Uh number five. Which character was named wait, that's not which actor was named after the way they died in this film? Uh Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Obviously he he uh, he was burned burnt to death. In this film, he
3: was named after the way, he died. <laughs> not every round. Yeah, he was named after the way, he
0: died it was, Oh Jesus! They they knew that one day. Well, it's funny as well because obviously they didn't give him a second name. That's he was born with oh. that. Yeah. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, man, are you gonna? You did well on the trivia. It's a couple right, of yeah. couple of sticky ones and a couple of sticky widgets, which you successfully navigated your way around. <sighs> feel, um, feel better.
3: Yeah, I feel good. I felt good. That was a stretch. Yeah, Um, so I think I've I've already summed up how I feel about this film. So I mean, I definitely want to see it again. Uh, So at the moment, you know, sometimes when you've just seen a film, you kind of like you feel you think about, oh yeah, that was great, that was great. Mm. You feel a bit more like that. I'm still kind of like on the wave of it and like thinking about things. So I would give it a B, B plus. B plus. Yeah. Um B and it might it might come back down to a B eventually when I'm off the wave. But yeah. right now I'm on the wave and I kinda of feel
0: like I'm still in On interested. the high, yeah, riding the the yeah. Way High, yeah. I uh I'm just say I was I was actually a little bit like I was really looking for this film, but I was also reserved because I just um have these like anti hype sort of detectors. And whenever like if someone's giving me a book and said it's the best book you're gonna read, instantly yeah. I'm like, Well, no, we'll see about that, eh? We'll yeah, see. yeah, let's see if I can preview wrong. <laughs> and um, oh, the same with this film, I was up. like, "This isn't the next Exorcist, more like Exorcist shit." And more uh, like <laughs> the
3: next shit, Sir sis. Yeah. Am I right? I <laughs> And I'm right? so ready
0: to sort of be like, "This, this is shit." But I can't, I can't help but admit that this was a, a great, surprisingly, surprisingly horrific film that like had me constantly on edge. Like the the scares, were, like fantastic. The jump scares were the way I like jump scares to be. And it also had this sort of creeping unease, and it's nihilistic as fuck, which is my favourite way to end a film. I love a film that ends with uh, no one winning, <laughs> apart from the bad yeah. guys. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Um, it's yeah, as a very unconventional horror, especially for like a modern horror. Like I think, obviously, especially the way it's been marketed, people might expect a certain thing, and it's not that. I mean, yeah. it's very, it's very, very weird, but in the best possible way.
0: It's it. This is a film that I think will be, uh, on you know the, the top horror movies of the post two thousand. Exactly, and yeah. Mark
3: Komoke, Mark Kamau compared it to the Babadook, which is on this list, on the Empire list that we've been yeah. doing. Pisses all over that.
0: I think it does. I'm. I'd mean, like Babadook, but nowhere near as much as like this, because this feels like a real horror movie in a way. A real um, horror. Cuff. I like to be horrified a little bit when I watch horror movies. Yeah. Not just annoyed at the bratty kids. No, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. but yeah so B plus me as well, um, I just I think if you're gonna this is a film, you should really go and watch it at the cinema, um at the theater, at the theater, uh but beware, you might find people there laughing at points they're not supposed to laugh at, yeah, uh, people I've heard people go, and they're like saying the crowds are like, oh, this is shit because it's not." The Conjuring that's, or that's know, pretty much
3: what I had and when I left the cinema a lot of people were kind of walking on going well that was shit oh the trailer made it look so good yeah. but you know you know what you're gonna do
0: yeah I, I would like to see more of this type of movie made so you, go watch yeah. this film at the cinema if you can Um yeah. okay so next week we're gonna be getting back on the list we in the last five of the list now next week we're on about John Carpenter's Halloween is this this will be the first John Carpenter film that we've done on the list. No, we've done. No, the fog. we've done the
3: fog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, done yeah, more we've done John the...
0: Carpenter films than any other director.
3: Yeah, we've done the fog. We've done the, uh, the flip flop. I don't know what
0: else have we done. The flip flop. Yeah. Um, flip flop. So next yeah. we're doing, doing Halloween from nineteen seventy eight. Um, nice little preparation for the film that comes out in October. But uh, any any other news? Any other stuff you want to share?
3: Nothing, mate. That's it. I'm done. I'm finished.
0: Cool. This show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to Hawk and Go over to Facebook and search for Horror Hangout Board of Advisors to join the little Facebook group there. Become um, a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kobach Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a rating and review on iTunes and remember to hit subscribe. And thanks to my co host, Ben, for being a real horror dude. Thank you very much, Luke. Cheers. Ooh, uh, bye well, bye before we, oh, bye bye now. Before we go, um, should we try and get a. Uh, a co-host on next time. We've not had one for a little while.
3: Yeah. Yes, let's do it.
0: Okay. Right.
3: I, I don't care who. I don't, I don't give a crap who. Anyone. Any, anyone. Get Dave any old sausage of, on. Dave, Dave from Dana Pub. Get him down here.
0: Yeah. Cool. Alright. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.